Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 92 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. On today's episode, it is NFL Draft Series Part 2 Quarterback Edition 2022 NFL Draft Class with Sam Howell, Carson Strong, and the man himself, Bailey Zapp. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me to break down the back end, the sleepers, the potentially shitty quarterbacks, Matt Morris. What's up, buddy? What's cracking? Yeah, we uh, the world is changing around us today, isn't it? Yeah, we are recording here on February the 23rd of 2022. And Matt, as we got on, we were like, hey, we don't have tech issues. He said, yeah, well, uh, bombs are going off. So <laughs> fortunately... Uh, This isn't a political podcast, so feel free to keep listening because there's only positivity jokes and talks about beer, like nothing crazy, right? (laughs) I mean, my crypto is not doing too good right now. The world is feeling the full weight of uh, what's currently going on with Russia and Ukraine. But hey, man, I think, you know, we got to appreciate the fact that, you know, we can talk sports, that we can talk future outlook of these quarterbacks a few of which probably should go and suit up and join the military because a couple <laughs> of them are awful. But we'll a couple, get to that. A couple of them were beaten up on the military programs, though, so I don't know if they'd let them in. Oh, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, before, just real quick, Matt, I did the second news of the night sports related was I watched the college basketball game of the year, Matt, and we are uh, officially five, six days from March, which means mm. March Madness is right around the corner. Providence, Xavier, triple overtime, buzzer beaters, bad shots, turnovers, missed free throws. College is fully back, dude. So just wait. We will have our college basketball picks, March Madness, and, and almost the year celebration of messing around on here, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. We are we are fully coming up at that year mark, and uh, it's been exciting, dude. I think college basketball getting back in the swing of things kind of kicks off our summer season, right? We're going to have college basketball. We're going to have baseball here in a little bit. We're going to have NBA playoffs, NBA finals, and uh, it's going to roll us into ultimately the draft here in April as well as you know training camp come next August. So we got a, yep. we got a fun couple of months ahead of us. Yeah, 100%, bro. And just before we get started here, I am going to have to admit to you, this might be the first year. I pick Gonzaga to win it all, dude. Ooh. I think they're gonna win it. I think they're gonna win it. So, we'll see. I mean, see, personally, man. I'm they taking look University good. of Milwaukee. I think you know. I don't think they're stacked. gonna make it. They're, no, they're terrible. Are they they're in the horrible. horizon? Is that the they're in the that... horizon league? But they're yeah. well below the horizon this year. That's for sure. They got that young kid though, the coach's son, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, you know, come time Horizon, you know, Horizon Championship. Maybe he gets hot. Maybe he's. It's all like about Purdue, Fort Wayne, baby. They, I've been riding Purdue, Fort Wayne all season. Shout out, dude, my favorite team. The fact that you know Purdue, Fort Wayne, I think That's how you know better, we're in the deep. better listeners. Uh, you've been, yeah, you've been rolling units this season, we're, which is very important. All right, Matthew. So we got our first quarterback here. This is the guy that's actually debated on 
you know, with the top three quarterbacks, top four quarterbacks that we went uh, over last draft series, last Thursday episode. But I am in agreement after looking at all three of the film, and I know all three, we looked at all three together here, uh, that I think the first four guys are better than all three of these guys that we're going to go over today. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I think the only one that might have like a slight edge, and that's going to be because of his playmaking ability. And I think he's a gamer, is Sam Howell. And again, like time will time will tell. Uh, this yes. draft class is not similar to what we broke down last year, right? We were talking about Davis Mills as our third round pick last year, and we like Davis a lot. I think I think if Davis Mills were in this draft, I might like Davis number one, honestly, yeah, for from sure. what I saw, like. So that just goes to show you that if we're looking at both classes, you're looking at Howell, Ritter, uh, Pickett, these guys, all third, fourth, fifth rounders. And I think that just goes to show that this class, you know, it's it's very, very weak. It's weak. Yep. We're waiting. They're kind of the wait and see class because next year we're going to get blessed with a lot of really good guys. Um you know, maybe it was a smart move for all of them because I think some of them could have came out last year. Obviously, really smart. Now they're probably going to get paid more. So let's get into our first guy, Sam Howell. You brought him up. University of North Carolina. He comes and weighs out at 6'1", 225. Solid body frame, but on the tape, he looks small. Matt, let's start with our pros. What did you see that you really liked? First and foremost, I like his arm and I like his ability to make plays. Um, these things will not necessarily translate fully into the NFL. The arm obviously will, but I think the, the making of plays, the ad lib ability that Howell showed at North Carolina is going to be difficult. Uh, also, if you look at this past season in comparison to the 2020 season, he came into 2021 as possibly the number one quarterback off the board in a lot of mock drafts, but he also lost a lot of talent from that 2020 season, yep. right? If we look back on our draft series last year, he lost Carter, who went to the Jets. He lost Williams, who went to Denver. He lost a couple big wide receivers that we yep. had uh, big takes on as well. Deami um, Brown. Think, yep. Newman as well in, in the slot position. Yep. Uh, so a lot of his weapons left and you started to see some of the flaws from Howell, but again, just those overall uh, pros that we have, I do like his ability to take on contact, especially when he runs the ball, when he rushes out of the pocket, he's not afraid to take a hit and he's not afraid to impose, you know, what is ultimately a big hit from a quarterback. As I said earlier, he's a gamer. This is a guy that I want rostered. He's not a guy that I necessarily want starting for me. I kind of talked to you about him um, off, you know, off air today, and I said best case scenario, I think, is he comes out and plays like Garner Mitchell here or there if the number one quarterback goes down. Mm -hmm. But if he gets drafted and has to start in the NFL, we're going to see a lot of mistakes, and I think we're going to start to see his ability outside the pocket lead to frantic um, issues as well. Yeah, and um, I'm totally in in agreement with you there. I thought some of his pros, I thought he actually had a really nice deep ball, dude. Um, We're going to get into the comp here in a second, but I thought his deep balls are really good. I thought his down-the-field accuracy was solid. Um, He had really good arm strength on short and intermediate throws as well. But And this is kind of becoming a theme with this class, these quarterbacks, and why I think none of them are there on the elite status, right? is that he just locks in on guys, man. Like, it just is what it is. He had some more talented guys. I even went back to watch some of the Deami Brown highlights and film. And not that Hal didn't put the ball where it needed to be. He was still throwing it great. But you can see him waiting there three, four seconds, not making any reads, just looking because he knows a better receiver is going to get open. In the NFL, you cannot, <laughs> cannot be doing stuff like that, obviously. Um, and he is a little short as well. But I thought he was a solid, solid runner of the football. I thought he ran the ball too much, personally, Matt. If, I don't know if you noticed it, his stats from this year compared to his last two. He was up almost 100 fucking rushes on the year. Had a ton of yards, but 
he's not. I, I think Ritter's more athletic. I think Malik's more athletic. I think uh, Pickett and Corral, all four of those guys are more athletic than him. And he was running more than all of them. Well, I think that probably goes to show the the talent um, decrease that he had, right? Like you go from, we just listed off these names. These are NFL players. You know, De'Ami Brown this didn't necessarily play at the level we wanted to for Washington this season, but these guys were excellent college players. You lose all of those on top of your safety net in the backfield, right? Your check down guys. You're gonna you're gonna feel that pressure. I feel like you know ultimately this is some of the cons that I have is he just gets frantic. You know if his options aren't out Big there, time. he runs, and it's a big concern because those habits follow you as you go go on. Right? We talk about it being a ghost in the pocket. You know, running away from defenders that chased you two or three years ago, and those things can stick with you. And at the pro level, you know you you got to be able to get out of the pocket and and hit your flat. You got to be able to hit your check down. I feel like Howell's going to have issues with that big time. And again, his size in comparison to the amount of rushes he has, he's not going to be able to hold up in the pro level. Yep. And on the contrary to Desmond Ritter, right? Ritter had a ton of pressure coming into him this season in, at Cincinnati. Yeah, the ACC is a little tough for the division at Cincinnati, but Hal and UNC was a top 10 team coming into the season and ended up six and seven. I know losing four uh, NFL caliber NFL starting players outside of the slot receiver because Brown played a good amount um, out in Washington this year, but to go six and seven to underperform the way you did it's not all on him but you know that's a lot of losses and i'm sure there's a plenty of games in there that he wish he could have back and that says a lot more about ritter to me to go through win the games you need to than how to kind of kind of lay an egg this year honestly he lost yeah, a ton I mean, of value yeah you go for the first quarterback and mocks off the board and you know look at what a supporting cast can do for you i think we date back to matt sure. Leiner, right and there's a lot of other guys that we can talk about but you're elevated by the, the supporting cast. Liner doesn't come out possibly 1-2 overall, right? Decides to come back. I think he gets drafted 11th or 12th overall by, was it Arizona. Houston? Was it Arizona? Arizona, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and, and you lose, that's, that's millions of dollars left on the table. And same thing for Howley, right? You lose all these pro caliber players that go to the NFL either by draft or by uh, undrafted free agency. And now you're left with, hey, the expectation is still there. But when you actually look at the production, you saw it first and foremost. He needs talent around him. Yep. Again, he needs to be a backup. He needs to be with a team that's either upper echelon or, you know, really developing. And when he gets his opportunity in the pro level, you got to have the weapons around him. Because if he say he were to go to like a Philly and Hertz gets hurt, he's fucked. He's in trouble. Yep. There's just not yep. a, there's not enough around him. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think the one thing that's good, though, is that he does have a NFL arm, right? Like he can throw it deep. He can hit guys um, on the deep ball. And that's one pro, right? As you watch him with the NFL caliber receivers and he did make them better, did pass them open, um, did hit some big time throws. But I do think the cons outweigh the pros. Uh, Matt and I wanted to talk about a lot of the internet, CBS, and some of the YouTubers out there comparing him to Baker Mayfield. I think it's an accurate comparison. I really do. Um, I'd give the nod actually to him over Baker. I think his passing ability is a little bit better, but I also do worry about his pocket presence. We can see Baker has that weak pocket presence. I just like his arm better. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, Oklahoma and North Carolina, like the very different programs, very different styles. And now I know that North Carolina is on the up and up, right? They have implemented more of a pro style approach. Oklahoma was more of that spread approach. Um, but I do, I see mirrored images of Baker Mayfield, the way they play, the way they run, you know, gamers, right? And like right. Baker's biggest issue in the pro game has been that he just can't make throws. He can't hit Odell Beckham, right? He, he can't throw Jarvis open. 
But I think again, much like Howell, like Baker needs talented guys around him. And I think you have to put both of them in the same bag of tricks. Like we can't grade Baker off this past season. We have to look at his overall portfolio. Yeah. But coming into this next season, like Cleveland needs to put more weapons around Baker as well. Because if you look at Oklahoma, much like you look at North Carolina in 2020, weapons were plentiful, right? And what are you supposed to say when CD Lamb's out there and he's hitting them for 1,200 yards? Like it's a exactly. different game. It's a different game. And Hollywood so, Brown, like mm-hmm. the, like legit Pro Bowl level receivers. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think the comp is fair, um, and I think it's also very easy to comp people to Baker Mayfield because Baker's kind of that fringe starting quarterback, right? Well, he's it, the guy it, that we're like he's a he was worth a first, but is he ever going to live up first to the overall. number one? Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's just the desperation of the classes that be, right? Like, is next year's class going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Obviously, next year's is good, but if you can steal this kid for you know a third, fourth round pick, it's, some mocks have him going real high, which I won't. That's just the nature of the NFL but you can get this kid even like a late second third round pick man and baker mayfield yeah he had a bad season but he's led his team to the playoffs Mm -hmm. right like how many teams would like to have a guy comparable enough to get them to the playoffs there's half the league you know what i mean which is crazy like you give him a decent o-line a good run game and a solid defense this guy might be able to win a few games well and baker's the comp Right? right. You talk about Michael Carter. You talk about Javante Williams. They like, won a fuck ton of games. A hundred percent because all you had to do was give it to those two guys or hit them on a screen, hit them in the flat. Like those yeah, are incredible man. players. Same thing with Baker and Cleveland. Like just let the game run through your run game. And then you talk about having Brown and uh, Newsom out there. Newsom not in the NFL, currently not signed, but he was a very good player in college. Super as well. good, man. Yeah. And I, and I think overall, yeah, that's the profile. And I had said it to you again off the air. You know, if you're a team like, again, Homer pick here, but Green Bay Packers, I would probably rather have Howell than Love, knowing that maybe Aaron Rodgers will be here three or four years because, A, he's not going to threaten Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. If Rodgers goes down for two or three weeks, hey, Howell can go in maybe there and gets hand the ball game. off. Yeah, and he can just play, right? I'll just tell him, you know, put your head down and absolutely smack people because your job is to win me a game. (laughs) If you expect him to go out there and play 17 games, you're going to watch the same growing pains that Baker has through the NFL, which is, you know, injuries from your offensive line, injuries to your running backs. Like the guy needs time to develop. But I do agree with you. I think that deep ball, that arm strength definitely has a place in the league. All right, the next guy is the biggest man in the draft. That is going to be the quarterback. He's big. He's a big man. Biggest man in the draft. Strongest man. Carson Strong out of Nevada. Um, To be honest with you, man, I don't think Carson Strong is – I don't necessarily even think he's an NFL prospect outside of the body, to be honest with you. Um, I'll get into some of his pros here first, then I'll let you go because you're smiling over there. he did have a 68% passing uh, completion percentage in his career, 74 to 19 touchdown to interception radio stat uh, ratio. Stats look good. Like I said, he's 6'4". I think I saw it's about 230. That weight varies, right? But he's a big boy. He looks big on film. Um, that's one of the pros I had for him. It is kind of nice to have a bigger quarterback and see over people throw the ball down the field. Um, he has nice touch. And, uh, the last thing I put was their tight end was really good. And I can't wait to the tight end series. I hope that guy is in the draft this year because he just kept popping up on the highlight tape way more than the quarterback. So what were some of the cons that are, excuse me, pros, pros that you had for Carson strong, if any. So I will start with this. It is February 
23rd. It's Wednesday. We're on episode 92. Uh, I want to make this very clear. If I'm wrong about you, Carson Strong, if you come out and find a way to make a Pro Bowl or two, become a starter in this league, I am, I'm sorry. But you <laughs> suck. You're awful. Uh, most of the, the the tape that I saw from Carson Strong was more like a defensive back safety highlight <laughs> reel than a Carson Strong highlight reel. Zero mobility. Um, zero. And, I mean, zero. And a knee brace. <laughs> knee brace, zero mobility. Uh, decent arm, the ability to spread the field, but the ball hangs up there like it's a guy uh, that just jumped okay. out of a plane. I thought, okay, I thought, sorry to interrupt, dude. I thought I was tripping because when I was watching mm. this, I was like, Man, you know, like that's a nice throw. It's got it's got good form, but the fact that I can see the ball rotating <laughs> on like the YouTube coach film and all this stuff, that, like the yeah. fact that I can see that is not good. Like, You're like from am I TV lagging copy. or is it literally just helicoptering it, down? And it the... happened. It happened a couple of times. Um, but then it just started to keep happening, and even on like the highlights, because I always like to start with the the hype, the highlights. Like, oh, let me see the dope shit, and then I'll go and you know actually look and see how you play football. His highlights were not cool. Like no. the tight end was the best player in the highlight tape. <laughs> The, the cons I have for him, um, <laughs> downfield accuracy. We're not talking about the zip on the ball. We're not talking about you know how long it hangs in the air. Good accuracy. But again, the problem is if it's hanging up there, you're going to allow pro DBs and even college DBs because this is what was happening, especially from the safety position sliding over and just waiting for that jump ball. You know, you're going to need guys 6'5". Seth Williams from Auburn last year was uh, on the Broncos. You're going to need guys of that size to be able to fight for the ball in the air. And that's just not how the NFL is going right now, right? Big body wide receivers are kind of trending backwards. It's the speed. It's the guys with the footwork kind of moving into the newer tier. So I'm concerned with strong in that factor. Uh, Three-year starter, so leadership is there. I think yep. that's a really important thing. And then tight window throws, you know, short intermediate passes. That was at times a plus. Um, man, I just, I see a lot of Tim Boyle here. Um you know, a guy that that may get a chance in the NFL if, you know, he's on a terrible team and, you know, the starting quarterback gets the flu. But I, I just really can't imagine him sticking around too long in this league. Uh, cons, pocket passer only, right? Like no mobility. We had just said that accuracy at, is at times short and intermediate is good. But other than that, it's questionable. And a high volume of passes in college downfield, yeah. which led to some of those highlights but also led to a lot of, you know, polar opposite highlights, I guess, you know, negative film that you and I both saw. Yeah, it was pretty rough for some of them, man. And yeah, I had that down there as well. Like the completion percentage was good. The yards were great, but a lot of it was very one read dink and dunk. I'm not trying to bury the guy whatsoever. You know, like I'm really not. It's just there was nothing. And I'm a big eye test guy for you listeners. When we go over our list and stuff like there's not one tape not one play that I said, wow, like that guy mm -hmm. can go out there and maybe win a playoff game, right? Like, because that's what yep. I'm looking for on this, right? Like, we want to see, like, hey, man, who could actually go out there and win a few games, maybe get someone to the playoffs? Like, we just talked to, I think, how can he might be able to, right? Like, he maybe could have a get hot. Case Keenum did, right? Like, it happens. Um, this kid, I just, I just don't see him making it. Like, I, I'm really curious to see if he gets drafted. Like well, to see if he gets drafted and really curious to see what team is yeah. going to go for it. Because the reason they go for it is you look at the stats, you look at the size and you're like, okay, that on Madden, that looks good, right? Like that, that looks good on paper, but man, the, the flutter, just the worst arm out of everyone on the, out of all seven, seventh yeah. arm for me. And he's the and biggest I'll bring, man. 
I'll bring this up again because it's so relevant to what we've done. This is year two of our draft series. Davis Mills was our last quarterback last year, correct? He was up. He was close. Close, was right? Bottom three for sure. Probably bottom two. Yeah. Okay. And and I think you know the takeaway from that was when we watched Davis Mills, even very shortly, because we didn't do a lot of work on Davis last year. It was the opposite of what you just said. Right. Some of the throws, I was like, damn. Okay. This you kid said, might be. You said I think yeah. this is my favorite guy in the draft. That like, I don't know. I just like him. I like him. I absolutely. And, and you said that sometimes the eye test is really important as well as the analytical approach because you just see certain things and you see the way the quarterback's handling pressure. You see the way that they're handling adversity and you're like, damn, Davis is standing in that pocket opposite for Carson Strong. Now, with that being said, if there's one team I want to see take him sixth, seventh round, because that's the only you place would think, I would draft bro, Carson you Strong. You would think, yep. I know he's probably going to go fourth, which is going to make me cry. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I would not mind to see him with the Rams. You know, my biggest comp to him is probably Jared Goff. Jared is a much, much, much better Way player. Way better. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying by any means, but, but Jared is a pocket passer only really now. Sure. And I think if, if Strong were to be able to go sit behind Stafford for four years, you know, maybe he turns into a guy that's a, a serviceable backup in this league because, you know, he's going to learn a great offense. He's going to learn under a very good quarterback with good weapons around him, facing a good defense in the practice squad. There's a lot of things there that I like. And the idea of ever actually having to play is very minimal. Um, I think the Rams would be a good fit. But again, sixth, seventh round, I know someone's going to reach on him. For sure. And who I thought of when you were bringing that up and not the same body type, but that same type of player as well as we're going to see maybe this pan out in Tampa is Blaine Gabbert, you know, mm, who was just yep. like drafted high, definitely overvalued, solid college career. Um, he's been in the league. We'll just what take a guesstimate at six years, maybe eight. You know, he's been yeah, around yeah, for a long time and he's finally getting his shot and getting a little hype out of, you know, their camp in Tampa. He's obviously not Tom, but like maybe that's the only path for this kid. And that's once again, not trying to bury him. It's just like I, I will be intrigued if he gets drafted. And I think he will. I, I think he will get drafted. Well, right. think about what you just said, right? Like, I remember Blaine Gabbard's tape was concerning at times, especially as a guy that I think went third, fourth, fifth overall, um, maybe 11th. I can't remember with that year. But point being, there were also some incredible throws by Gabbard, you know, tight spirals, the ability to zip the ball. Like, there was a reason he went in the first round. And let's think about Blaine Gabbard. Let's think about Mitchell Trubisky, right? These guys are backups. Trubisky's on the block this season for being a free agent. He's going to go sign to be a backup somewhere. And you look at their tape in comparison to Strong's and you're going to be like, damn, this is a different class of a talented player, right? I could see Strong go into this new football league next year because at the end of the day, like nothing jumped off tape. You said it. But yeah, yeah man, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Draft series and doing this stuff and seeing these guys looking at their film. It's like, holy shit, some of these, some of these teams like Nevada, you're really scraping the bottle of the barrel for, uh, for quarterbacks. And he was a three-year starter. Yeah, and I'm, well, I mean, there's seven quarterbacks, and there's well, we'll say a, a few hundred at least, mm-hmm. couple hundred college teams, just D one, D two, D one, double A, bro, like a couple hundred quarterbacks. That's tough, man. It's not easy. Yeah. So, hey, good for him. I hope he does get fucking drafted because he wouldn't have last year, right? Like, way mm-hmm. to come out, right? You're the biggest guy in the draft. Someone's gonna take him. The Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, to the third guy, the Zap Master himself, Bailey Zappy, Western Kentucky. 
So just to preface this, Matt and I, we don't collab on the same film that we're going to watch. We just do our both our independent research and have fun. Um, we're on similar but opposite sides of the boat based on what we watched. And we'll go into it as we get into his analysis here. But who I have, our man, the Zap Master, that's just what I'm going to call him. A, just for the name alone, I hope he gets drafted and somehow becomes somebody. But this is who I have. I'm comping right off the bat with Mr. Zap. So Matt, I'm going to start Mr. Zap himself off with just a comp. This is where I'm going to start it off with a comp, bro. The comp is the sober Johnny Manziel with the potential, potential to be a poor man's Drew Brees. That's the range for Mr. Bailey Zap. What'd you see in him, pal? Man, I mean, to even put like the name Drew Brees. I know. In this equation, it was a lot. It was a lot. A, I mean, hey, that's a, you know, what, what do they call that? They call that a bold prediction, right? Wishful um, thinking. I saw so we watched different film, as you said. You, you really wanted to talk about the Michigan State game a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I didn't get the chance to see that. I love his quick throw, man. His his ability to release the ball and honestly over the middle, you how do you defend that? I mean, the velocity and the zip on the ball makes it so hard for the linebackers and the safeties to come over the middle and take take him on. The only concern with that is from the outside the numbers with his height. I have concern of his size and his ability to to Agreed. really get that ball over the DBs and sometimes um on a, a shallow fade from the safeties. But overall, I think this is a volume passing quarterback, right? This is a guy that you put into what he was in a spread system in college. Kind of, you got to do the same thing in the pro level. Get him in the shotgun formation. Get the wide receivers spread out wide. You know, lean on that uh, play action fake to the running backs. You know, lean on quick draws with the running backs. I definitely think he has a place in this league. You know, he reminds me a lot of uh, a poor man's Russell Wilson, I guess, in the way he can maybe manage an offense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he has the chance to be a starter. I don't think he should be drafted as a starter. I don't think he should have the expectation to be a starter for three, four years. He's got to learn the pro level, got to get the game under him. And honestly, the level of competition that he had is not going to translate that perfectly into the NFL. So he's going to have to be on that practice squad for a long time to really get his feet under him. And again, lean on that middle of the field, tight end position, slot receivers, right? You don't need big bodied receivers for this kind of guy. You need fast, quick receivers. And I think he has a place, at least in the pro game, um, unlike Strong. I, I could see Zap being our guy. And if you're going to nickname him, I'm going to nickname him. I'm going to call him Billy. That's all That's all I'm going to say because I can't seem to get Bailey, Bailey underneath my tongue. So Billy, uh, Billy Zap, if we see you in seven, eight years at a game and I've got a big ass sign, you know, with our logo on it. Hopefully we're big enough where you laugh. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> the Zap Master. You're saying he's right. going to be in the league for eight years, dude. And so um, I'll start with the cons too. So yeah, his competition was not good for sure. That's why I really honed in. I, I mean, his highlights were unbelievable. He broke the record for the most touchdowns in NCAA se- single season history, most yards, uh, most completions, attempts. The whole He aired it out. So yeah, the competition wasn't good, but my uh, rebuttal to that would be yeah, but he literally broke the NCAA record. So yes, he threw a bunch of ten to fifteen, you know, in in yard touchdowns. Hey man, he, he, they scored right. Like you can't take that away from the guy. He can get the ball and deliver it in the right place on time with accuracy. We'll get into the pros here in a second. The other thing I thought was really interesting with all the games that I watched, even against Michigan State, his offensive line was good, very good. He had time to throw. That's a big deal. Right, I didn't see him under a ton of duress throughout the entire game for a, a player who played at a low-key school. So it's not going to be like that all the time in the NFL. So that was something I took into account as well. Um, he's a little low on his outside throws, which is kind of a really nitpicky 
thing because it's better to be low than high, but he threw, got, threw it out of guys' feet on wide receiver screens, uh, missed a couple outside throws that I didn't like. And then the obvious one, they played five wide, spread it, running gun offense, took very little snaps under center. You can't be a successful quarterback in the National Football League without being able to take snaps under center. That's just a fact. So um, those were some of the cons I had for him for sure. What else did you have on the con side before I get into, honestly... I don't like, yeah, the poor man's Jubilees, but I, I was impressed by this guy and I have a lot to say on that side too. Yeah. To the true, to the uh, Drew Brees comp, you know, my big con with him is his size. Will he be able to hold up in the pro level, especially as you said, not being under center in college as much, you know, he's going to take a, he's going to take a beating in the the pro level. And I just don't think we saw a lot of that uh, in college, which is going to be, how does that translate? Right. Can you start to take those hits? He faded a ball or two in a few games, which I didn't like. But when you're throwing sure. with that volume, I, I think it's just natural. We even see it from some of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Like it, it is part of the position, unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Um, his deep ball is not tight at times. So that's my concern. 15, 20 yards. The kid's got a lot of zip. But when he's throwing it deep at times, it can also hang. And I'm wondering more or less if that's the height factor, right? He's throwing it up because he can't get a full visual um, sight on his wide receiver. And he's just got to put more air under it. We see that with Russell Wilson a lot. The difference is Russell's thrown it 60 yards downfield and DK and Lockett are, and they have five, six yards of separation. Russell has learned how to throw that deep ball on the pro level. Zap's going to have to learn how to pro- throw it in the pro level as well so that he's not allowing safeties to come over the middle um, or over the top. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I saw that as well. A couple nice throws, but definitely, and you know, he's still got it there. But yeah, you're talking about if you get drafted to some Midwestern team or you're playing in the playoffs, right? It's going to be cold. Um, mm-hmm. To the pros, though, man. Hey, A, the stats, right? Like, I know I'm more of the eye test guy, but the stats, you can't deny them, you know, at the end of the day. And then that Michigan State tape, like, that's going to stand out to me and really see. And then Michigan State was the best defense in the country by no means, but they had a solid team. It's Big Ten. It's the best competition you could watch because some of it was bad. And he was throwing 10-yard slants and guys were running for 70 yards. Like, there was a lot of that. I'm not going to deny it. Um, But one of the things I noticed a lot changed the play at the line of scrimmage a ton which I think is a very good thing in college, especially um, the fact that he was thrown probably 45, 50 times a game, bare minimum, right? Made a ton of audibles and on the plays that I saw, you know, it worked out a majority of the time. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really, really awesome about him, and I think he's the only one who did this very well, is he makes multiple reads. Like he still eyes down some guys every once in a while, but time after time on some of his bigger plays, on some of those quick throws that he needed to make in that Michigan State game, he'd go one read, two read, boom. Happened multiple times, and I thought that was really impressive, and I didn't see that really from anyone else in the draft class. Yeah, but- I mean, we talked earlier about things that jump off the, the the tape, right? And like to me, it's his it's his quick release, it's his zip. Like this yep. guy absolutely has a weapon in his bag that you know even even Howell doesn't have. Um, what you can do with that as an NFL coordinator, as a quarterback's coach, it's you have to now find a way to make him successful, to make him a piece of your roster that can develop. When you have a weapon like that, it's a lot easier, right? You talk, yep. We talked about Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal, what was seen, what was not seen. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about Bailey Zapp here as the idea that, hey, I as a coach, I want to use this. If he's my second, third string quarterback, can I develop this into a guy that might be a, a pro bowler, right? Can I develop him into Drew Brees? 
because I know I at least have a weapon on like Carson Strong, which I want to lean on. And I, I think, you know, you said it perfectly. He also um, uh, evades pressure very, very well. He's got kind of that like little bit of squirrel like Kyler Murray in him, at least within the pocket and getting out of that pressure. That was really important. And then again, accuracy within the numbers. Very, very clean. Um, again, goes right back to the zip. He's got a tool in the bag. How many guys in this draft class actually have that tool that you're like, okay, that's draftable simply for that ability. Dude, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the last thing I had was a really good two minute drive as well. And smooth throwing motion, man. Like just that effortless zip. You said zip a bunch, man, but like it's, it's true. He just an easy boom, boom, five yards down the field. Didn't look to run, even though he's fast. Um, he's, he's my favorite prospect on the list. I know I said Matt Corral and I still love Matt Corral. Don't get me wrong. Love Matt Corral. Dude's a badass. but my new favorite quarterback for the 2022 draft class, Bailey fucking zap, dude, Bailey fucking zap. I hope he gets drafted, dude. I think he's going to. Well, and I think too, which you maybe one of the reasons he's your favorite, and I could be wrong here, but you're talking about value cost, right? Like <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah. Matt well, talking, first talking round, fifth, yeah, we're talking fifth, sixth, yeah, like Russ it's, Wilson yeah. type of deal, right? Like who knows? I know he was only a third round pick, but still, like you never know, bro. It's hard <laughs> because right, like Trevor Lawrence is in this draft. We're probably still saying, well, Lawrence is our oh, guy, dog, but yeah, yeah. With, with Zap, right? Like you're talking about, hey, fourth, fifth round, like. Does he go six? I could see him going six. I could just see Strong being taken over Zap because how many NFL teams and scouts say, well, you know, the size matters and we got to draft for the <laughs> right. six, eight guys because they can see and it's like, screw off. Like, right. again, I see a weapon in his quick release and his zip. I'm buying that. Like that is that to me is so valuable because you just it doesn't come off the street. It doesn't. I agree. Uh, and I, I do. I hope he makes the league as well. But um, some of these guys, too, we'll, time will tell. We talked about this off air. You know, when we get to doing this three, four years down the road, we'll start to identify some of these things that remind us of remind us of a Bailey Zap. And we can look at it. OK, where did Zap go? How did he fit into that system? Uh, did they give him a chance? Like, we'll really have a better understanding. I think right now what we're seeing is, you know, things that jump off the page, they excite us a lot. It'll be good to kind of notate those things moving forward. Hundred percent, bro. All right, Matt. So, twenty twenty two draft series for the quarterbacks are over. Time to put our list down. We went over seven. What is your top seven? And for the listener here, before I let Matt start, we're doing it based on potential and and who we like the most out of the group, not where that we think who's going to get drafted first. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good uh, preface there because, again, like I think some of these teams at the top of the draft, they're looking for different things than just overall long-term upside. My number one guy is Malik Willis. I love what I saw. Developmental project. You can't, you just can't buy speed. You can't, you can't buy a cannon. He's got both of them. Right. You know, again, right organization develops into a good quarterback. Second, uh, Matt Corral. I think again, you've talked about the intangibles in our last episode for the draft series. The guy's got a lot of them. Also, another gamer. I really like that a lot. Uh, going third, I have Kenny Pickett. Doesn't really have the same abilities that Willis or Corral has. He is just overall a good, polished quarterback now at 24 years old. That also hurts him. 24 makes you slide down a little bit farther than uh, Corral. Going four, I have uh, Desmond Reader. And then five, I have Sam Howell. Six, we're going to go with our boy Zap. You know, hope to God he has a good career. And then <laughs> seven, and hopefully don't have to talk too much about him in the future, Carson Strong from Nevada. <laughs> 
The first guy I have on my list here is Malik Willis. I think he has the best upside. I'm really nervous about his size, but I liked his arm. I watched a good amount of Liberty games this year, and I, I thought he was special. I think he has the most upside out of the entire class. Two, I'm also going to go with Corral. Um, I think he's getting slept on a little bit because of that injury in the bowl game, but if he can just find that touch, I think he has the best arm talent out of the entire draft um, class here. And also, I also think he's he's a big gamer too. I agree with you there. I'm putting Desmond Ritter above Kenny Pickett. Um, I just thought Ritter's tape was better. Pretty straightforward. I like Pickett, but I just like Ritter a little bit more. Pickett number four. Um, I hope he's good. I think he's going to be good. But the two gloves thing does kind of bother me. You know, that that is kind of a little bit of a concern. I don't want to say that's the reason why, but I got him four. I got Hal five, Zap six, strong seven as well. I mean, hey, man, Teddy Two Gloves is a legend. I mean, he's a solid NFL quarterback, you know? I he hate is. the Two Gloves. It drives me crazy. I don't get it. It's I, it's a small, you know, I, I test thing. I don't get thing. it. I, I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it either. It's interesting. Um, personally, I liked Ritter coming into the season more. I liked Ritter coming out of the season more. Liked Corral coming into the season more. Liked him coming out. Willis was a surprise. Pickett was a surprise. Uh, obviously, Zap was a huge surprise. And how was the disappointment? Yeah. All right, everyone. We're moving on to next week in our draft series. We're going to be covering the running back class of the 2022 NFL draft. As always, we'll be back with a normal episode of Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast on Tuesday. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Pitcher Bet Pod. You all have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.